uh, we reading from the NIV, uh, verse 21. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has made, been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of His blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate His righteousness because in His forbearance He had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to to demonstrate His righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Okay, uh, before Nick comes up to share with us, uh, to explain to us the passage, uh, I'll take this time to pray for him. And I also would like to pray for Grace, who is not with us here, as he's visiting, uh, he's atten- she's attending a wake now, because her colleague's mom has passed away. So uh, join me as we pray for them. Uh, dear Father Lord, uh, we'd like to pray for Grace as she's uh, now with the family. Lord, we pray that uh, you will send comfort, uh, you will send uh, peace to them. Father, we pray that um, that you be grace as she uh, speak words of comfort to the family. Lord, we pray that you will take hold of the situation. And Father, we pray that you will comfort the family, uh, that uh, they also come to know that through Christ uh, there is no more death. And Father, we pray that uh, you help uh, Lord, that you be with them in this difficult time. Father, we also pray for Nick uh, as he comes up to explain your word. Uh, Father, we pray that uh, your spirit will be working in him and his words. Father, we pray that you will help us to understand your words, that you open up our hearts and our ears to listen to your words. Father, we, um, we, we just ask that we will, we will not get distracted. Uh, we will concentrate uh, on listening and uh, focus on your word, Lord. Father, please uh, help us to do that. We ask all this in your son's precious name. Amen. Hi, everyone. Uh, this will be my uh, first talk in the book of Romans. It just happens to be a really, really uh, important uh, bit of Romans that, that we are looking at. So I really thank God that I have the opportunity to explain uh, this passage to us. So as, you, as some of you will know, uh, the Sea Games is coming about uh, two to three weeks' time. Some of you might have seen the advertisements on the bus or the MRTs telling you, uh, support Team Singapore, support our athletes. Well, let's say you imagine you were uh, one of those athletes. Let's say imagine you were, uh, let's say competing in the 100 meters, 100 meters sprint. Okay, then as everyone is lining up, and you are also lining up, uh, about to start, and then you think to yourself, okay, what must I do to win? What must I do to get gold? At that point, maybe it's not about how fast you can run. How it's 10.1 or something. Or 10.0. It's not about the point zeros anymore. It's it's really about how well you compare to the other runners. You need to be just a little bit ahead of the of the other runners, and you get gold. Or what, what about the 50 meters butterfly? And you're, as you're getting ready, you see oh Tauli is like stretching and she's just there, and all of, all and then all of, all of everyone else looks like really really like uh, fit and all that. And then you get up there and you think to yourself, how good must I be to win? How good must I be to get gold? Well, simple. It's not about the timing. It's all about how well you can do compared to everyone else. You just have to be better than everyone, uh, including Tauli. 
Yeah, but let's say if it wasn't like the Singapore Sea Games, let's say if it was God's Sea Games. And then to qualify, you actually have to be as good as God. But if that, if that, if the games are like that, actually no one will qualify or no one can actually reach God's standard. No one is good enough for God. And that's what we've been seeing uh, through Romans, uh, through chapters 1 to 3. As we've seen, we've seen that uh, no one can keep God's law. And because we can't keep God's law, the law shows us, the law shows us that we are lawbreakers. It shows us that we are sinners. We rebel against God. You see, our problem is sin. Our big problem is sin. We can never be as good as God, no matter how hard we try. That's uh, what we sung about just now. And that sin problem means bad news. It means really, really bad news. It means that God will judge us. It means that uh, there is no escape from God's judgment. Is there a way to fix this problem? Is there a way to get out? Yes, there is a way. Yes, there is a way. After all the bad news in, from chapters 1 to 3, after seeing that we are all sinners who rebel against God, we are God-haters who break His law, we come to verse 21. Verse 21 starts with a very, very important word. What word is that? You all see that? What phrase was that? But. Yeah, yeah. But now. Yeah, but. But now. Uh, so after seeing all the bad stuff about humanity, Paul says, but now. But now. This is a super, super important but now. But now, uh, there is a way out. Verse 21 tells us, but now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. We can't get right through the law. And this verse tells us that it's actually another way, actually another way to get right with God. In fact, the law, the law and the prophets tell us that there is this other way. There's this other way to get this righteousness of God. What's this uh, righteousness of God? What's the righteousness of God? What's that mean? What's such a big phrase? Well, this, this righteousness of God means uh, you have God's level of goodness, as it were, or maybe God's uprightness, God's level of uprightness. So once you receive this uh, righteousness of God, this uprightness of God, so when God, the judge, looks at you, he won't see you as a guilty sinner anymore. Because he won't see you as a guilty sinner, there's no more judgment, there's no more death that, that you need to pay. And in fact, you'll be as good as God. You have the righteousness of God. You'll be better than the, try, the person who tries to keep the law. You'll be better than the person who tries to be morally upright. You'll be as good as God. And with that, uh, that fixes our sin problem. That, that fixes uh, our destiny. That helps us to escape God's judgment. As long as we have this uh, righteousness of God. It sounds really, really good. It sounds really, really awesome. But what is this way? How can I get right with God? What do I have to do to get this righteousness? Look at uh, verse 22 with me. This righteousness is given true faith. True faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. Well, this righteousness is given. It's given uh, to you. God, God is the one who gives this righteousness as a gift. So you don't have to do anything to try to gain this righteousness for yourself. 
So whether you're a Jew or not, whether you had the law or not, verse 22 says, just believe. Just believe. Just believe in Jesus. Just believe in Him. Believe that Jesus is God. Believe that Jesus died for your sins. Believe that Jesus was raised. Just believe. And just by believing, uh, that solves our big problem of sin. That solves our big problem of sin. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you have backstabbed your colleague at work this week. It doesn't matter if you have lusted wrongfully for someone this week or for the rest of, or for most of your life. It doesn't matter what you did or who you did it with. You can only be right with God by believing in Jesus. Then believing in Jesus is the only way to get God's righteousness. Now there's, there's no other way. Absolutely not. But you may ask, surely God is a good God. Surely God is flexible and will give uh, some flexibility to people who have uh, done good in, in this world. Surely God is flexible. Well, we see in this, we will see that actually the problem isn't God. The problem is us. God cannot give any exceptions because despite all the good we can do, our, all our good is tainted with our sin. We are all sinners. We can never be good enough for God, no matter how hard we try. And that's what verse 23 tells us. Listen to what God says in verse 23. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All have sinned. All have sinned. No one is good enough. No one can compare to God's glory. Or you might say, uh, surely sin is not my problem. Sin is the problem of um, the ISIS terrorist. Or sin is the problem of the, the serial murderer. Or sin is the problem of uh, the pedophile. Not me. See, I don't harm anyone. I I return my food tray at McDonald's. I do charity. Um, if I see a lady selling me tissue paper, I'll buy a tissue paper. I support my family. And recently I met this a taxi driver who shared with me he's a good person. So why why did he think he was a good person? So he, he shared with me, he thinks he's a good person because uh, if he sees money on the floor, he doesn't pick it up. If he sees $50 on the floor, he'll treat it as, okay, it doesn't belong to me, it belongs to someone else. And if he... Uh, was, let's say he was counting his money and oops, I dropped $100. He just leave the $100 there. He just treat it as lost, as, as if it doesn't belong to him. So he thinks that because he has this standard, he is good. But even as he was sharing with me all these things, he was also telling me about how he was plotting to lie. He wasn't plotting to lie to uh, save someone's life or to save, save his own life. He was plotting to lie to escape an LTA parking fine. But you might, also, you might say, but my white lies are nothing compared to the hurt the drug dealers cause. Um, uh, no one was hurt when I uh, watched pornography. Friends, we think uh, you, we are okay when you don't hurt people. You think, you might think you're okay when no one gets hurt by your actions. But actually, you're comparing yourself to the wrong standard. You're comparing, comparing yourself to this standard, whereas God's standard is right here. You should be comparing yourself to God's standard because God is the one who will judge. God is the one who decides whether you're good enough or not. And verse 23 tells us that we are not good enough for God. We are all sinners. 
So reaching God's standard is uh, it's not like the Sea Games race where the first person where it's all about being better than other people. Reaching God's standard is actually uh, more like trying to pass your 2.4. Okay, I guess uh, all of you have run 2.4, right? Okay. So you don't you don't pass based on how well you run compared to the other runners. You pass on whether you can reach the passing mark. And I think uh, when I was in uh, NS, I think it was like 12 minutes, 30 seconds or something. Yeah. So it's whether you can reach at 12 minutes, 30 seconds. That's how whether you, that decides whether you pass or not. But let's say, right, uh, if your whole group, your whole group is a slow batch and you take, your whole group takes one hour to run the 2.4. And you are the best runner of them all. And you take 59 minutes. When you, when you get, receive your results, you, you, you go to, you go up to the guy and say, Hey, I ran 59 minutes. Uh, what's, what's the verdict? Your, your, your fit, your P teacher will tell you, sorry, you failed. Even though you came into first of the whole lot of them, you failed because you did not meet the 2.4 timing. It doesn't matter how well you run compared to everyone else. If you cannot meet that standard, you fail. So God's standard is like a 2.4 test where we all fail. It tell, verse 23 tells us no one can meet God's standard. If, you're, if you run 59 minutes, maybe 20 minutes, it's still not good enough. It's still not good enough for God's standard. We are all sinners. And that means, that means really terrible news. That means as sinners, we have to suffer God's judgment. God's judgment awaits us after this life. But verse 21 tells us that there is another way. There is another way out of sin. And verse 22 says, that way is by believing in Jesus. By believing in Jesus, friends, you can receive God's righteousness. And our sin problem is solved. And we will receive that judgment. This message of Jesus is good news for all of us. It's good news for you. you know, don't think that you can be good enough for God. Oh, you can't. All of us are sinners. All of us can't be good enough for God. And that's why this news is so great. That's why it's just by believing in Jesus. I can't, I don't have to do anything and I can be saved. The good news is also that you can be right with Jesus right now. Today. This very moment. Just believe in Jesus. But how does believing in Jesus save us? What does Jesus do to, uh, Try to effect this saving to give us his righteousness. And that's from verse, that's what we'll see from verse 24. So from verse 24 it says, all are justified freely by his grace. Justified freely by his grace. We are justified. So justified is a legal word. It's a word that used in the courts in those days. So it's, it's a word that says, when we are before God the judge, sinners like us are no more guilty of sin. Sinners like us are no more guilty. Just justified means that we are no more guilty of our sin. So by believing in Jesus, we, are, we have been justified. By believing in Jesus, we are no more guilty of sin and we have received uh, God's righteousness. Also, it's like this. Uh, before we believed in Jesus, all of us like, had this label on our heads. Yeah. Sin. Sin. So even though you can't see it, but this label is on us. So when God looks at us, he sees sin. And because he sees this label, the thing that 
the thing that we deserve is death. We deserve God's judgment. But by believing in Jesus, this tag has been taken away. Yeah. Instead, we have this other tag, God's righteousness. So when God sees us, we are no more guilty of sin. When God sees us, He sees us as having His righteousness. He sees us as justified. We are no more guilty of sin and we can be saved from God's judgment. But how does uh, this uh, saving happen? How does believing in Jesus actually save us? What happens to our sinful state? God uh, describes this saving in uh, three ways using three very important words. So you can see the outline. The first word is grace. Second, redemption. Third, atonement. Grace, redemption, atonement. So uh, firstly, grace. So verse 24 says, All are justified freely by His grace. Well, grace is a really important word. So this word means that uh, this justification, this saving, is God's gift to us. It's God's gift to us, even though we do not deserve it. We don't deserve God's gift to us. Mm, why is that? What makes us undeserving of His gift? The thing is, we are all sinners. We have all sinned before God. So that makes us uh, God's enemies. That makes us God's enemies. So if God wants to give a gift to anyone, all of us will actually be at the bottom of this long list of people. We'll be at the bottom. We don't deserve uh, what God wants to give us. We don't deserve anything. In fact, the only thing we deserve from God is death. But God gives you and I something so precious, something so important. God gave you and I life. God gave you and I Jesus so that we can have life, even though we are his enemies. It's almost like if you have uh, someone you really, really didn't like. Uh, let's say, uh, let's say uh, Minkit doesn't, really, doesn't like me at all. He, I'm his worst enemy ever. So he, but he sees me shivering in the cold. Then what does he do? He, will he... What does he do? He, if he is a normal person, he'll just uh, walk away and let me uh, shiver to death in the cold. Yeah, but God doesn't do that. So God, God will actually offer his favorite jacket to me uh, to, to keep me warm so that I don't die. Or maybe if you see your uh, most hated enemy out there and he's starving because he ran out of money and he's broke, what we would do is that we just let, leave our enemy there to starve. But what God does is something so different. God will actually bring that, bring that person to the most posh restaurant and buy him dinner. The God is really different from us. That's what grace is about. Grace is giving undeserving people uh, a gift. But all of us also, some of us have this uh, wrong mindset about grace. Some, think, some of us think that grace is kind of like a top-up system where maybe I do a little bit of good uh, and then God will top, it up the, top up the rest with His righteousness and I can be saved. But grace here means, means that we, are, we don't deserve anything from God. We don't even deserve that 1% from God. We can't hit the 1%. We're actually at 0% and just by believing, we get the full 100% of righteousness from God. That's grace. We don't deserve anything but God gives it to us anyway. 
The second word is uh, redemption. Uh, what does uh, redemption mean? So in verse 24, uh, God says, uh, we, are, we are justified through the redemption, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Oh, we don't use the word uh, redemption a lot. Uh, redemption is actually like a slavery word. It's a word that people used in the past because we don't have uh, slaves very much today. So in the past, if let's say you owed someone money uh, and then you you really couldn't pay that, that debt back. So what you do is that you sell yourself, you sell your family to be slaves to that to that person that you owe money to uh, until maybe someone could, can redeem you or pay or pay your debt so that you can be free. So to get out, get you out of that slavery, uh, your friend or your relatives has to pay to get you out of that, pay to redeem you from being slaves. Then you will be free. You'll be free from your slavery. Redemption means being released from slavery uh, by paying a price. Well, this is an interesting word, isn't it? Isn't it interesting that Paul uses the word redeemed here? I mean, the last time I checked, I'm not a slave to anyone. right? I'm not a slave to my boss. I'm not a slave to my girlfriend. I'm not a slave to my husband. I'm not a slave to anyone, right? Why do I need to be redeemed? Well, friends, you and I are slaves to sin. We belong to sin. We're slaves to sin in a way that we can't help but do what our master wants us to do. We can't do help but do what sin wants us to do. We can't help but sin. We can't help but break God's law. So what God did is that He redeemed us. He redeemed us from sin through Christ Jesus. So friends, if you believe, if you believe in Jesus, God has redeemed you and now you are free from sin. And the price that God paid was very costly to him. The price God paid was to send Jesus to die on the cross. Jesus, his son. So that you can be redeemed from, from sin. So you can be redeemed as long as you believe in Jesus. But friends, if let's say you walk away from this uh, talk and you... You still don't, you still decide, okay, this redemption is not for me. This passage says you are still a sinner. You are still trapped in your sin and you can't get out. And God will judge you for your, for your sin. And God will only free you if you believe in Jesus. Friends, you have to believe in Jesus to get this redemption. You have to believe in Jesus to be saved from your sin. Okay, the third word. Third word is atonement. Atonement is a word that we rarely use. Uh, it's even more, more rarely than a redemption. But it's a word full of meaning. Uh, it's, a re- it's a relationship word. It's a word that means uh, to appease someone who's angry with me, I pay a price to, to make him uh, my friend again. A broken re- relationship that uh, needs payment. So let's say, let's say, uh, if... Uh, Pastor Andrew is a very nice guy, I'm sure. Uh, let's say if I borrow his car, and I'm driving his car, and then I crash the car. Okay, well, even though it's like one month of scrapping, but I crash it anyway. Uh, I'm sure he'll be quite angry with me. He'll be, he'll be even angrier if I crashed his new car. So to appease, to make, to peace him, to make my relationship right with him, to have peace again with Pastor Andrew, I'll need to pay, 
send his car to the workshop. I need to pay for his repairs. Or let's say, uh, let's say Poon buys Apple Watch. You know, Apple Watch is, I think it just came out this week or something. And I, I, I borrow it and it looks really fancy. So I was playing the apps and all that. And then, uh, then, you know, some people like to have a drop test. So I have a drop test. <laughs> and, and it fails the drop test. A <laughs> Poon will be quite pissed with me. Yeah. He'll be quite pissed with me for breaking his new watch. So to have peace with him, to uh, appease Poon, to have, restore my relationship back with him, I need to get him a new uh, Apple Watch. I need to atone for my mistake by getting a new Apple Watch. So atonement is uh, making peace between you and between someone who's angry with you uh, by making uh, some payment. It's to make peace between you who and someone who's angry with you. And for the past few weeks, we have seen that someone is angry with us. Someone is angry with us. God is angry with us. We, because we have all rebelled against God. We've all said no to God. We've all said no to God's law, even though we live in his world. So God here is right. God is right to judge us for sin. And really, there's nothing good we can do to escape this judgment. There's nothing we can do to atone for our sin. We need help. But God sent Jesus to atone for our sins. Jesus is that sacrifice of atonement. That's what verse 25 says. Uh, look at me, verse 25. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. See, Jesus made peace between us and God. Jesus atoned for our sins. He paid for it. He paid for it uh, not by sending us to a repair shop, but he paid for it uh, through shedding his, shedding his blood. He paid for it through his death, his death on the cross. The price of our sin is death. The price of your sin, the price of my sin is death. And Jesus atoned for that. Jesus died that death so that we can be atoned for. He died that death so that uh, we can be we have peace with God. Oh, it, oh, it's, it's something like this. Imagine that. Okay, let's use this. Okay, let's imagine this was a full. This was a bottle full of poison. This cup of and this cup of poison, this bottle of poison, actually has your name on it. It means it says Kuili uh, down here, something. Okay, so this will be all the sins. This will be for all the sins uh, that Kuili has done. So for all the sins Kuili has done, God says, I have to judge you. I have to punish you. And this is my punishment. You have to drink this cow poison. So what God, what Jesus did when he came, Jesus came, he took the bottle from Hui Li, he opened it, and he drank it up. Okay, I'm not going to drink it. It's going to take a while. Yeah, but, yeah, but Jesus drank, drank it up, even to the very last drop. Drank it up to atone for our sin. Not just for, not just for Hui Li, but for each one of us, as long as we believe. You see, Christ did not save us uh, from nothing. He saved us from a very uh, clear danger, very real danger. The sentence of death, the sentence of judgment has already been passed against us. The wrath of God hung over you. 
you are not at peace with God if you reject Jesus. The only way for our sins to be atoned is to believe in Jesus. Then Jesus will atone for our sins. Then Jesus would, then Jesus' death is effective for us. So the three words again. Grace, redemption, atonement. Grace means God save us undeserving people as a free gift. Redemption means God redeemed, God bought us from sin to be His. Atonement. God, Jesus paid the price of our sin so that we can have peace with God. And all these, all these things are available for everyone who believes. All these things are available for you. Believing in Jesus or having faith in Jesus is the same thing. It means, it means that you believe that in Jesus, that Jesus' death is for you. And if you believe, it means that these three things, grace, redemption, atonement, are for you. So grace will mean God saved undeserving you as a free gift. Redemption will mean God bought you from sin to be, to be His. And atonement will mean Jesus paid for your sin so that you can be right with God. Now, isn't that great news? Isn't that great news that there's finally a way? There's a way to, for us to be saved. There's a way for us to escape God's judgment. There's a way just by believing in Jesus. Just by believing. And if you don't believe in Jesus, you can't be saved. If you don't believe in Jesus, it's grace, redemption, atonement are not for you. That's what the Bible says. It's only for those people who believe in Jesus. But some uh, people might ask, um, must I do maybe Christian things to be saved? Uh, must I perhaps come to church every week? Uh, must I, as Minkit says, uh, bring the card and give it to my friends, the third service cards, and bring to give to my friends? Then I'll be saved. Or must I read my Bible every day to be saved? What does Romans say? Today's passage, we see, it's very clear. Just believe. Just believe and you'll be saved. And as you believe in Jesus, you live out your life according to what God's Word says. So we can all be saved freely from our sins. We can all be saved freely, and that's the great news. But some of you might, might ask, well, if God is such a good God, if such, God is such a loving God, surely, well, surely it's His job to forgive me of my sins, isn't it? Surely, uh, surely He can just Forgive my sins and not send Jesus. Why can't, why can't I just forget about my sins? Just uh, ignore it. Well, in the second half of verse 25, Paul says, He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he left sins committed beforehand unpunished. God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. So this uh, is sending Jesus to die for us. So God sent Jesus to die to prove his righteousness. God sent Jesus to die to prove his righteousness. Well, what does that mean? Well, that means uh, Jesus, God's righteous character uh, actually does require a penalty for sins. God's righteous character means that he cannot, uh, he cannot turn away from our sins. He cannot let our sin go unpunished. Even though we are saved by believing in Jesus, even though we are even though all, all sins are taken away from us, 
Someone must still pay for those sins. Someone must still pay. And it's like this ad I saw once uh, in the newspaper. A few years ago, there was this major flood in Singapore, and I think cars were stuck in in the in the CBD and all that. And one insurance company was quite clever, so it took a picture and took the middle spread of the newspaper uh, of the flood, so you can see cars submerged and all that. And oh, uh, it's Orchard Road floods, yeah. In the middle of it, it says, "Someone has to pay." Someone has to pay. Yeah, so it's the same thing here. Our sin is at the front, is at the middle fold of the newspaper. And the the bold headline is, someone needs to pay. And Jesus made that payment. Jesus made that payment when he died on the cross. Jesus took our payment and he and he died the death that was mine. So the cross, where Jesus died, the cross shows that God is righteous to judge. God righteously got the judgment for our sins for on the cross. So for, for believers, our judgment is settled on the cross. But for people who don't believe in Jesus, your judgment is still on you. Your judgment is still on you. Your judgment is not at the cross. But in God's patience and in God's, or in God's forbearance, that's what verse 25 says, God didn't bring final judgment straight away when you sinned. God did not bring final judgment straight away. God did not ignore those sins. God was actually very patient with us. And God can be patient, not because He's a loving God and He closes His eye to sin, and he's an unjust, or He's an unjust God who doesn't want to give a fair trial to His guilty sinners. God was patient. God was patient because when he's, because he was looking to that, he looked to that day when Jesus died on the cross for our sin. Jesus looked to that, God looked to that day when Jesus took our punishment for sin. God's price for sin has been paid, paid at the cross. Therefore, God is a just God uh, who accepts Jesus' punishment, Jesus' judgment for our sins. So you and I, don't have to be punished again. That's, that's what Paul concludes in verse 26. He did, he did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Isn't it great to have a God who is just? Isn't it great to know that we have a God who does the right thing all the time? Isn't it great that we know that even though our situation is so bleak, even though, even though we are sinners, even though our, our sentence is death, God does the right thing. And God saves us through Jesus. And you can be certain this is the best way to die. This is the best way. This is the best solution. And because uh, Jesus justifies us for our sin, Jesus died the death for us, you and I don't have to die again for our sin. The, the payment has been made. Well, let's uh, sum up what we have learned today. We have seen that the whole world, everyone, uh, is guilty of sin. We've seen that no one is good, no one is as good as God, no one can reach God's standard. All of us fall short of God's standard. All because of sin. And because of sin, our fate is God's judgment. After this death, God, the judge, uh, is waiting for us. 
But friends, there's hope. There's hope through Jesus. Through Jesus, we can, we can have the righteousness of God. Through Jesus, our sin can be removed. Through Jesus, we can have grace, redemption, atonement. All these through Jesus. All these for those people who believe. As long as you believe. So that's great news for, for you and I who believe. For those people who believe, we all have hope. That's the good news. Our colleague isn't here. Uh, she's probably feeling Ruel now. But before Ruel came, uh, almost every week, every Monday night, we'll be uh, at home, we'll be watching this show called Code of Law on Channel 5. I all of you don't watch Channel 5, right? So you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So Code of Law is uh, actually, it's a, it's a part of it. There's a law, it's a law part where every week the prosecutor will give evidence after evidence why the person sitting, uh, the person sitting in the docks, the accused is guilty of, of murder or showing how the, how the accused is guilty and deserves the death penalty. So sometimes the judge rules that uh, the accused is not guilty and he goes free. Sometimes the judge rules that the accused is guilty. But when it comes to God's courtroom, things are very different. When it comes to God's courtroom, everyone is guilty. Everyone is guilty of sin. So maybe imagine this with me. So uh, imagine this for a courtroom and God, the judge is right there. And Satan is a prosecutor. And you are, and you are the one sitting in the docks. You are the accused. So Satan stands up and he has his DVD in his hands. He puts the DVD into the player and he plays it. And you realize the DVD is a, is a DVD of your life. And when it reaches the point where you are angry at work with your colleague, or with your boss, Satan pauses the video and he says, turns to God and says, see, a sinner. And he continues playing the video again. And when it reaches the point where uh, you gossiped about a friend, Satan pauses the video. See, a sinner. And after each break, it becomes more and more uncomfortable for you. You realize that the hangman nose is getting tighter and tighter around your neck. There's no way out. The evidence is overwhelming. You, you know you are guilty. You know you deserve death. At the end of the video, Satan comes up and he summarizes your life. He says, After 80 years of this person's life, he never spent one day without sinning. Not even one day without sinning. He is guilty of sin. He deserves death. Then God, who's uh, sitting as a judge, he looks at you and he says, I declare the accused guilty. Then bang, the hammer goes down and you know that's it. But if you believe in Jesus, then just as God brings down the hammer, Jesus stands out at the back. And then the crowd turns to look at him. As if something's happening, everyone's muttering to each other, oh, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? Then Jesus from the back, he, sh- he says in a loud voice, I died for him too. I died for him too. Then God, who's the judge, he looks at you in the eye and he says, 
Jesus died the death that you deserve. I'm a just God. I don't need another death to pay for your sin, to pay for your, pay for all your sins. You are now right with me. You are now right with me. So you just escaped death. You just escaped God's condemnation. And now you have peace with God. How will you feel? How will you feel uh, if you are so certain that you are going to be punished, but at the very, very last minute, you are spared? But surely it must be more, much greater than, than what you felt when someone, when someone rescued you from a difficult situation just now. In God's courtroom, you will feel such immense relief, such immense joy, such great thankfulness to Jesus. And you'll be praising God. You'll be praising God with great joy for sending Jesus to save you. So friends, you are right with God if you believe in Jesus. There is a way that you can be friends with God. And that is true, Jesus, through believing in Jesus. It's not about how much good you can do. It's not about how much of the law, how much of the Bible you can follow. It's not about that. It's all about whether you believe in Jesus. And that's the good news, friends. Let's praise God for this salvation. Let's really, really be thankful. But let's say if you, maybe for whatever reason, you, you, you still you don't believe in Jesus. Well, the Bible here says that you have not received, uh, you have not received God's righteousness. You are trapped in your sin. You can't get out. And God is still angry with you. And your fate is God's judgment. Friends, I'm not saying this as an indictment on you. I'm saying this because to let you have a reality check, to see where you are compared to what the Bible says. But that's not all. The Bible doesn't give us just a reality check. The Bible gives us the solution. Friends, you can be right with God by believing in Jesus. You can be right with God by believing in Jesus. Let me urge you, let me urge you strongly, you need to believe in Jesus, otherwise, otherwise you have to face your own death. You have to face your own condemnation before God. So maybe you might want to uh, pick up uh, the Bible to read it, read the Gospel of Mark. Maybe you can sign up for a Christianity Explored class with us to find out more about who this Jesus is. See this good news for yourself. Ask the, ask the questions. Be really, really sure that what we say is, is true. And really, really believe in Jesus before it's too late. Uh, let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you about how uh, we, we, have, we have your righteousness through Jesus. We can be saved through Jesus. Uh, Father, we pray, Lord, that we'll be more and more joyful about how uh, Jesus saved us. As we think about how Jesus saved us, uh, we'll be overflowing with thankfulness. And we also pray for uh, for those who still uh, don't believe in you yet. Uh, we pray that uh, you work in their hearts to open their eyes to see who Jesus is. And we pray that they too uh, will believe in Jesus and be saved. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.